Welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students, a multi-part podcast series that gives college students the knowledge and tools to handle their financial situation during and after college. Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. In current events lately, there's a great deal of good news that points to a strong economic recovery as COVID shutdowns and restrictions ease and end in many places. A significant number of businesses and individuals have saved record amounts of money, so they are ready, willing, and able to both invest and spend. Businesses are reopening and expanding. Employers are offering higher pay and bonuses to attract employees. Some are offering cash payments just for interviewing. People are planning vacations, buying new homes, furnishings, and clothes. In short, they are spending money. There's a strong pent-up demand for goods and services. This is fueled, as we said, not only by COVID savings, but also by low interest rates, recent record government stimulus, and additional planned government stimulus, also in record amounts. Currently, when stimulus is proposed, it is no longer in the billions of dollars. It is in the trillions. All of these factors working in tandem could stimulate an already strong economy and produce record-breaking economic results. This could take a record-breaking stock market to new heights. Now let's consider the other side of this story. Have you been to the gas station lately? If so, you see and your wallet feels the impact of rising gas prices. Petroleum prices are rising due to increased worldwide demand. And you can expect that prices charged for products derived from petroleum will also rise. There are approximately 6,000 products made from petroleum, including soap, toothpaste, vitamin capsules, cortisone, antiseptics, detergents, bandages, soft contact lenses, and numerous other everyday products. The good news is that many of these products are still available for purchase. They are not in short supply. Some products, however, are in short supply, including computer chips. And this is significant since so many products, including cars, appliances, and computers, use chips to operate. Many other critical components are also in short supply. This has reduced the available supply of products to be offered for sale at a time when they are in great demand. This causes prices to rise. As noted earlier, this also comes at a time when the government seeks to further stimulate the economy. When record amounts of money are added to the economy, prices often rise. Some economists are worried that massive stimulus will overheat the economy. More money chasing the same amount of goods and services, and even worse, in some cases, fewer amounts of goods and services can cause higher prices and this is commonly uh, called inflation. Inflation reduces your purchasing power. 
It also erodes the value of your savings, especially if you are earning zero or nearly zero interest. Remember, the Federal Reserve typically fights inflation by raising interest rates. Stock market reacts most unfavorably to rising rates. You also remember that many economists called rising interest rates the trigger that caused the financial crisis of 2008. We have news that is potentially great for stock market investors, but we also have cause for concern. This comes at a time when bank interest rates, that is, the rates banks pay depositors, are nearly at record lows. Another reminder, the interest banks pay to depositors rises significantly slower than it charges borrowers. So don't assume rising interest rates will increase the rates paid on your bank deposits. What is an investor to do? I have a strong suggestion. Consider buying I-bonds. I stands for inflation, inflation bonds. These are issued by and guaranteed by the United States government. An I-bond represents a loan to the U.S. government, and the U.S. government has never failed to pay its debts. I-bonds promise to pay investors their original investment plus interest that is tied to the rate of inflation. They call that interest the inflation adjustment, and it is reset every six months. So if inflation continues to rise, so does the interest rate you earn. Conversely, if inflation should fall, so will your adjustment. Currently, money market funds commonly pay less than 1% interest. Bank saving accounts pay about 1%. Three-month treasury bills pay about 1.5%. And 30-year treasury bonds yield about 2.25%. But I-bonds, if purchased from now until November 1st, 2021, yield 3.54%. As we said, the interest rate will reset every six months. If inflation goes up, so does the interest rate. And if it declines, the interest rate declines, but never below zero. For federal tax purposes, the investor can elect to pay taxes on the interest earned on I-bonds each year or can defer the interest, can put off paying taxes on the interest until maturity or redemption, whichever comes first. Most college students benefit from reporting the interest income as earned, since they are generally taxed at lower rates while in college. I want to stress an important point. I-bonds are different from TIPs, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, commonly called TIPs. So be careful, do not confuse I-bonds with TIPs when you research government bonds. Like I-bonds, TIPs are designed to protect investors from inflation. And like I-bonds, they are issued by the United States government. But unlike I-bonds, they are not guaranteed and prices can fluctuate. You can lose money investing in TIPs, not on I-bonds. Our focus today is on I-bonds. I-bonds can only be purchased online directly from the United States government through the website Treasury Direct, that's Treasury Direct. Brokers and financial advisors cannot sell you these bonds. 
you buy them directly from the government. You can also elect to have your federal tax refund used to buy I-bonds. There are no fees or commissions associated with the bonds, so all of your investment earns interest. There are some limitations. The maximum investment per year is $10,000 per person. You can purchase $10,000 of I-bonds every year. Normally, this is not an issue for college students. You cannot sell your I-bonds unless you've owned them for 12 months. This makes I-bonds unsuitable for an emergency fund. If you redeem them within five years of your purchase, you will lose three months' interest. If you sell them after five years, you are paid your investment plus an inflation-based interest rate. I-bonds are well-suited for the cautious investor due to the U.S. government guarantee and the inflation-based interest rate. They are equally well-suited for the risk-takers among us who should balance their pursuit of high returns with some investments that offer stability and safety. Anyone concerned about the possibility of rising inflation and those who fear a falling stock market should seriously consider I-bonds. They are an excellent part of a diversified portfolio and were called in a recent Wall Street Journal article, the best kept secret in America. So why the secret? For years, when inflation was low to nearly non-existent, these bonds paid very little, if any interest. For years, bank accounts also paid very little interest. So savers were rewarded for their efforts, for their savings, with nearly no return. Now, there is an alternative to low-yielding bank accounts. It is the I-bond. Remember, building your financial house is like building your home. You do it one brick at a time, and each house contains a number of rooms. I suggest building your financial house the same way. Make sure your financial house has an I-bond room. Before we end today's discussion, I'd like to briefly discuss a model financial house. It begins with a room called the emergency fund, something you've heard me speak about very often. This is an account, likely a bank account, that holds money to be used only for emergencies. Eventually, when fully furnished, it will hold three to six months of living expenses. This account should be liquid. That is, the money in it should be accessible and available to you at any time. Why? Because emergencies can happen at any time. Therefore, the money in the account has to be ready for use. It is not an investment account. Next, we need a room for money invested in safe investments. That is, investments that have very little risk, if any, yet pay a decent return. This is the I-bond room. This is the room for the safe, inflation-protected investment and the yield is very competitive. Once we have our safe rooms, we can build the more exciting rooms, the ones that hold stock and other investments, those that are riskier and offer the potential for greater returns. We can feel comfortable in these rooms, in these investments, because we have a good financial foundation. In future shows, we will discuss specific stock investments to complete the well-rounded financial house. Until the next time, stay calm, thoughtful, and purposeful. 
You have been listening to Dollars and Cents for College Students with host Frank Longo. The opinions on this series are those of the host. Before making any financial decisions, be sure to consult with a financial professional such as a certified financial planner. For more information, visit cfp.net.